Hello, children. Welcome to Spring Branch Academy, where we seek to instill wisdom and inspire worship in every student for the glory of God. We seek that by His grace. We're starting a new topic in theology, creation. This is the theology or the doctrine of creation. God created the world by fiat ex nihilo. God created the world by fiat ex nihilo, which means God made something unprecedentedly new, brand new, just by speaking it into existence. By fiat, he commanded it, and it is ex nihilo, meaning from nothing. God created the world by fiat ex nihilo. In language, we've been studying verbs. First person singular, present active indicative is our model properties of the verb. We have person and number, tense, voice, and mood. Say that with me. Person and number, tense, voice, and mood. And our example is first person singular, present active indicative. Today we're learning the auxiliary verbs, or the helping verbs, and I gained help from a book on well-ordered language to assemble these facts by Dr. Copeland and Mrs. Peters. And so, here are the verbs. The auxiliary verbs change mood, tense, or emphasis. I kind of think of them as the coulda, woulda, shoulda verbs. To emphasize things, we have do, does, did, And to change the mood, we have may, might, must, can, could, will, would, shall, should. And to change the tense, we have am, are, is, was, were, he, be, and have, has, had, and will. So, do, does, did, may, might, must, can, could, will, would, shall, should, am, are, is, was, were, be, have, has, had, and will. In the scriptures, last week, we learned the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now we learned there's a command based on the Shema. The command is, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Well, that's based on the fact that there is only one God and that he is our God if we're a believer in Christ. And so if that is so, then we should love him with all that we are. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. The second commandment, according to Jesus, is like the first. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Leviticus 19.18 It's like the first in that both of them Have love as the command. But the first is you should love God. The second, though, is you should love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus made it a new command when he said, A new command I give you that you love one another. As I have loved you, so also you should love one another. And so this new command makes him the standard his love for us rather than our love for ourselves. And yet you can see how much it's like the old commandment in that it's also loving others. 
And so again, the new commandment that Jesus gives, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. John thirteen thirty four. Give ear and hear the words of the wise, and set your heart to what I know. For words are pleasant when they arise, assembled and ready from down below. That in the Lord may be your trust, I teach you now, today I must. Have I not written to you thirty words in counsel and information, that you may learn, that you may answer, the truth in recitation? Number ten. Do not move the orphan's fence, for Jesus Christ is his defense. Again, do not move the orphan's fence, for Jesus Christ is his defense. This is very similar to two other Proverbs that we had. The fourth one talked about moving fences and boundary markers that our fathers set up. And that we should honor, unless there's good reason, we should honor things that have been set up before us. In this case, we also combine the first proverb we had about not taking advantage of the poor because he is poor, for Jesus is standing at the door. And putting them together then, we have a fatherless individual with no one to defend him. Do not move the orphan's fence, for Jesus Christ is his defense. This is the last day for the Ten Commandments. And I think in light of that, we ought to sing it. But we should connect it to the verses that we learned. If loving God is the first commandment and loving neighbor is the second commandment, they're the positive versions of the bookends of the Ten Commandments. Have no other gods before me is the the not way of saying love God with everything. And you shall not covet is the not way of saying Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so sing it with me. God is one, the table's two, ten commandments we must do. Have no other gods but me, to no other image bend your knee. Do not take God's name in vain, Sabbath days do not profane. Honor father, mother too, that it may go well with you. Often, Lord, these laws we break, save us now for Jesus' sake. God is one, the table's two, ten commandments we must do. Do not take your neighbor's life, do not take your neighbor's wife. Do not steal your neighbor's gain. Do not ruin your neighbor's name. Do not covet anything, house or wife or slave or things. Often, Lord, these laws we break. Save us now for Jesus' sake. What are the five operations, class? Addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, and exponents. Addition is joining things. Subtraction is taking away or comparing. Multiplication is multiple additions. Division is multiple subtractions. And exponents are multiple multiplications. 
which is a mouthful to say. Today we have three properties of addition and multiplication. Commutative, associative, and distributive. The commutative property is you can switch the order. 3 plus 4 equals 4 plus 3. Associative is you can move the parentheses. You can put the parentheses around 3 plus 4, add them, and then add 8, or you can add 4 and 8, and then add the 3 in. It doesn't matter how you group them or put parentheses around them and say, do this first. The distributive property is when you multiply each item in the parentheses by something outside of it. And so in in our school, we like to say, don't forget about the duck. Because if there was a company selling animals and putting a bunch of animals in each crate and a free duck was included for every order, we would want to make sure a duck goes in every crate. And so make sure that you multiply each term in the parentheses by what's outside the parentheses. Don't forget about the duck. In science, I've been thinking about that biology that we've been doing about how you can tell if something is alive. I think you should apply the biscuit test. You should ask, does a biscuit breathe? Does a biscuit use energy? Can a biscuit multiply its cells and reproduce itself? Does a biscuit have homeostasis? And such questions like that. I think the, bi- the biology biscuit test would be a good one on that list. We just learned the taxonomy, though. Remember our hint? King Philip cried out, Find good sausages. Kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, species. And, of course, the five kingdoms. Monera, protista, fungi, plantae, and animalia. The Big Ten are today. There's six kinds of animals, two kinds of plants, and two kinds of trees that you should just know. In the animals, you should know what a mammal is, and a reptile, and an amphibian, a bird, a fish, and the invertebrates. Say that with me, please. Invertebrates, meaning they have no backbone. And may you never be an invertebrate. May God give you courage to stand in faith and live for him. In the plants, we have two kinds of plants, the vascular and the non-vascular. The vascular have tubing, the xylem and the phloem. Say xylem and phloem. That's the vascular plants. Those are, they flow nutrients and waters and minerals up and down the plant. But the non-vascular plants has none of that kind of vessels or tubing in them. And in the trees, we have deciduous. They drop their leaves typically, though not all of them do. And we have coniferous. The coniferous trees are those that are literally cone-bearing Pharaoh in Greek means to bear or carry, and so they are the ones carrying cones. In other words, the evergreens. And so there's the two kinds of trees, deciduous and coniferous. One, two, three, four, seven, ten, and twelve. 
40, 70, tell the story well. Do you remember how there's a 12 before sunrise and a 12 after sunrise? 12 tribes before Jesus came, 12 apostles after Jesus came. In the 40, we laid out the entire storyline of the Bible. 40 days of the flood, four generations of fathers, 400 years to slavery, 40 years in the Exodus, 400 years in the land, 400 more years in the land, 70 years in exile, 400 years of silence, 40 days of no food, a servant until the ascension, 40 days to outpouring. That phrase, a servant until the ascension, is Jesus' ministry, which starts with the fasting in the desert after his baptism and ends with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit 40 days after his resurrection and ascension. Well, that leaves 70. 70 years is all we get, or if by strength it's 80. 70 times is what we get when somehow something's weighty. 70 sons of Jacob and 70 elders of Moses, 70 sons of Gideon and 70 years in Babylon, 70 sent by Jesus and 70 men condemned him. And as a result, the temple went out in the 70th year of our Lord, which is A.D. 70. Again, 70 years is all we get, or if by strength it's 80. 70 times is what we get when somehow something's weighty. 70 sons of Jacob and 70 elders of Moses, 70 sons of Gideon and 70 years in Babylon, 70 sent by Jesus and 70 men condemned him. And as a result, the temple went out in the 70th year of our Lord, which is A.D. 70, as I said. Psalm 90 says we get 70 years or if by strength, 80. And that was written over 3,000 years ago. The typical lifespan hasn't changed for a long time. Well, we've been learning the history of the Bible in a timeline And we're in the second verse now. Moses and Aaron and ten plagues in Egypt, forcing the Pharaoh to free the Jews he whipped. Passover, Red Sea, and wilderness grumblings. Manna, the law, and mountainous rumblings. Covenant promises, golden calf altar. God's name explained, I am who I am. But how can God dwell with a people of sin? What is the message of the book of Exodus. Well, the book tells us how God can dwell with sinners. And we have a long song for this answer. It's to the tune of Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. A burning bush, but not consumed, is surely something odd. So how can we as sinners be a dwelling place of God? The plagues reveal the power of God, then God himself arrives. No longer is our Pharaoh foe when God can take our lives. Oh, kill the lamb and take the blood and to the door apply. 
Without the blood applied outside, our firstborn surely dies. Brought through the sea on solid ground, we sing but then complain. No food or drink or meat to eat, yet God makes manna rain. The holy mountain shakes with fire when God again arrives. We hear his words, his covenant, and pledge our very lives. But while the Lord reveals his plan, we make a golden calf. The fire goes forth, but Moses stands and prays on our behalf. Oh, show your glory, Lord, to me. I want to see your face. The Lord reveals his name to him as freely given grace. So here is how the fire can dwell with us and not consume. The law condemns, but not his name. His prayers and blood make room. Well, Lord bless you, students. Until next time, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be upon you and your families. Amen.